Salvation Solutions. I am Aviance. I am Aramis. And I am Pastor D. So today um, we are going to jump actually right into our topic. So today's topic is about anxiety. Mm. So Papa D, why don't you let us um, let us in on some scriptures on what it says about anxiety or worry? Yeah, um, as as we've always discussed, like salvation is the solution, and we have a we have a solution for everything. The Bible has an answer for everything. Uh, the scripture says that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And that means how to live a godly life within the structure or the framework of a society that we have today. And, um, and anxiety is something that, that is built into the world system. It's to cause anxiety. And it's something that, that we, we have to deal with. And, and Jesus knew it and God knew it. And um, Jesus actually, Jesus actually, I don't know if I would call it anxiety, but the pressure of, of fulfilling the will of God caused him to even have to fight off the thoughts um, of, of anxiety or fear um, when he was in the garden. And he was thinking about being separated from his father. Uh, and he, he, the Bible says his sweat was as great drops of blood. And the Bible says he being in agony. So it describes... It describes what he was going through as an agony. He being in an agony, and in the um, I was sent a I was sent a um, a Facebook post uh, this past week, and it was a post that was expressing this this blogger's plight overcoming anxiety, and she went into the details of what anxiety will cause one to live like or or experience the things that it will cause them to experience. Everything from restless nights to sleepless nights to overthinking to worrying to procrastinating to fear to um, you know be not being overly nice overthink just a whole litany of things that as I was reading I'm like this is this is good this is right on this is to the point this is very practical it's where a lot of people live and as I'm going through it every time I deal with something like she she talked about anxiety anxiety one of one of the things that has to do with anxiety is is um, is what did she say? Oh, it's it's waking up tired even though your day just started. You know, she said anxiety is is anxiety is restless nights of sleep as you toss and turn, your brain never shutting off. She talked about anxiety being um, being something where you where you where you where you sleep but you wake up tired, right? And the Bible the Bible talks about He gives His beloved sleep, He gives us rest. So. Every, everything she pretty much listed, the Bible has the solution for, right? Salvation is the solution to. And so when we deal with any of the perils of poverty or the perils of death, um, we, have to, we have to look at our salvation. And so um, one of the first scriptures that came to mind as she was talking about the anxiety of, you know, life and, and is, is Matthew's, Matthew's gospel, the sixth chapter, verse 30. Starting at verse 31, um, I'll just read it. And, you know, when you, when you see it, when you see it, it's like, you know, okay. Jesus was going through the kingdom, starting, starting actually in, in, verse, in chapter 5, 6, and 7. He really, he really uh, outlays the, um, the life or kingdom living, or what does life look like? in his government and under his order. And he got into the sixth chapter and he was talking about 
um, you know, things that people worry about. And in verse in verse 25, he starts off by talking about, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, uh, what you shall eat or what you shall drink for your body or what you shall put on is not life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Then he goes into how the fowl of the air are taken care of and how your father feedeth them. Are you not better than them? Um, then he talks about which of you can add one by taking thought. The, the word taking thought means to be worrisome or to be, to be anxious about, right? And he says, uh, why take thought for those things? And he talks about Solomon and all his glory being clothed. And really, this, this is a, um, a characterization of what they call the, uh, uh, the um, Mas Maslow's, if I'm saying that right, hierarchy of needs, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, how you're going to sleep. Those things, like man needs those things to live life. And Jesus basically saying, don't, don't, don't take no thought. Don't become worrisome. Don't become anxious. Don't become overly um, uh, excited about these things. He says, for after these things do the Gentiles seek. You know, and what he was alluding to was there is, there is, there is a specific thing in a specific way God would have you to have these needs met. And then he revealed to them that you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Now, that, that phrase or that scripture is packed with so much information. And we have to really, we need more than the little 45 minutes we have to unpack that particular scripture. Because everything that goes into seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that will enable all these things to be added unto you, deals with everything from, from, from new birth and your, and your cry for the word of God to you being mature enough and perfected in the things that God has for you so that you can possess the promises of God. So there's a, there's a whole life or range of things that go in there. It's not just if I read my Bible, then I ain't got to worry about these things, you know, which most people portray it to be as. It's not just that. But, no, it's actually you embracing everything about the life that God has called you to live. And as you embrace everything about the life that God has called you to live, then all these things will be added unto you. Example would be the Bible says in Proverbs 10, verse 22, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And addeth no anxiety, no sorrow to your life, right? So embodied in seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness is that, that truth, is that law of the blessing. The blessing has an assignment to make you rich and to eliminate anxiety. You won't have to worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear, as long as you abide and follow the leadership of the blessing or the benediction or the prophetic instruction or the prophetic word that's spoken over your life or the preceding word that you live by. So that's all in that scripture. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. The bottom line to the solution to the anxiety that people deal with is seeking first the kingdom of God, the comprehensive understanding of that. Not the simple, you know, if I read my Bible for, you know, three times a week and, you know, I pay my tithes, then I ain't got to worry about nothing. No, we, we found out that's not working because you get more folks in the church under, uh, under stress and anxiety Listen, I heard the most incredible, I heard the most incredible statistic today. I, I, I don't know where these folks get this stuff from, but they, 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 they get it. Wait, but is this a real survey? Or is this, this is a real survey. That, okay. This is a real survey. The, the man said this. He said that, that, that studies show the highest stress-filled occupations 
the most anxiety-filled occupations in America, the first one, the first one was, the first one was, uh, what was the first one? Man, the first one was, well, I know one of them was, <laughs> one of them was a plastic surgeon. That was okay, the first I, one, yeah, was a plastic yeah, surgeon. Yeah, That's a lot of that. pressure. Yeah, right? That. that might have been the first one. The second one was, oh, my God, I can't remember the second one. The first one was a plastic surgeon. The second was, um, it was right there. It was right there. The second was, first one was a plastic surgeon. The second one was something. But the third one <laughs> what <is> was something. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I just want to get to the third one anyway. <laughs> the third one was preaching. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like, what's God didn't intend for your preaching to be stressful? Well, could that be because people aren't preaching what they're living? No, it's because they're in the flesh is what it is. I don't know where they get that from. And, it and embrace it. I, well, no, ain't no truth. Listen, if, you, if you're stressed out by preaching, then you're in the flesh. <laughs> you ain't in the spirit. You ain't in the spirit. Well, Everything about our salvation is rest. Is you, our, the Bible says our labor is to enter into the rest. Yeah. In Hebrews, everything we do, we should do from the position of rest. If you're not doing it from the position of rest, you're in the flesh. Okay, but then there, there's this thought, right? Because we have to work out our own salvation. But mm -hmm. we also have to co-labor with God with certain promises or destinies that's on our life. That It does require work which could be stressful at times. Why are you looking if you, at me? <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're stressing out, you're in the flesh. <laughs> right, you're right. You see how he's looking at me? We're supposed to co-labor. <laughs> We're supposed to co-labor and do all that stuff. But listen... Hold it, hold it. Take my yoke upon you. Co-labor with me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Ain't no stress in that. I get what you're saying, babe. I get what you're saying. Are you sure? You look back I'm at me sure. like I'm going to go off the street. I'm like, saying, I'm saying. When you start talking like, like that. Like, ain't been raising me for years. Yeah, I'm saying. I'm like, right. When you think about that, though, it's like, wait a minute. Okay, I get it. You right on. Co-labor. But ain't no stress in it. If I'm stressing, I'm, I'm missing somewhere. Mm. Salvation and stress, that's, that's they're diametrically opposed. Salvation and stress. Okay, but how, how about this? Maybe, maybe things are translated as stress because when we start thinking about destinies and, and callings, we are people who, who think about the, the practicality, our, our, our scheduling, what all of that goes into. All of, all of that thinking can seem stressful because you're constantly thinking about how, I, how is going to work I like out. that better. I like the way you worded oh. that. <laughs> That's better, babe. Praise God. I got saved again. That don't mean stress don't try to come on your life. That don't mean stress don't try to rise up and attack me. That don't mean that. I'm not saying that that's not the case. Okay. That's why the Bible says, that's why he said, take no thought saying. We take a thought, we take possession of thoughts by saying them. Every thought that comes through your mind don't mean it's from you. That's true. The Bible says the thoughts of the righteous are only right. Mm -hmm. Anything, any thought that comes to my mind that's not in line with righteousness, that ain't my thought. Mm -hmm. That's from the flesh. And when we say flesh, we're not talking about the, right. the, the physical. We're talking about the unrenewed darkness components of the soul. That's, that the Bible refers to that as, as, as flesh. That ain't, that ain't from me. So I, I won't take it. I won't accept it. I won't accept it. I won't, I won't repeat it. I won't say it. You're not supposed to say every thought that comes to your mind. 
That ain't from you. That's a fact. That's from the, if it's from the flesh, then leave it, leave it in the flesh. Don't take it. Don't possess it. That's why he says, take no thought saying. What shall I eat? Don't, no, don't say that. Don't say that. What you should be saying is, my heavenly father knows that I have need of these things, and that's what I'm going to say. He is my Jehovah Jireh. My Lord shall supply my need. He's going to lead me and guide me into the realities of being able to possess those things that I need for my life. So are you saying that you never dealt with, with anxiety? Yes, I still deal with anxiety today. I just deal with it. I don't let it. I don't let it consume me. I think. I think what's what's key about what what you've taught me is, is that you're you're a conclusionist, right? That's, oh, so, that's, that's so true. That's what you got to be. As no, 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 no. As we understand what the conclusion <laughs> of the matter is. We good. We good. That's it. Perfect situation, right? So I got a text message. Uh, yesterday or two days ago from a co-worker that one of our other co-workers tested positive for COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I was in the room with this guy earlier this week, but I wasn't anywhere near him, you know, whatever. Um, but my my response was, okay, well, we'll keep him in prayer and he'll be all right. I wasn't like, oh and my keep God, I was in the room with this guy. Now I got, now I got to go get tested. Like that, that Some wasn't like, oh my God, who, where I got to go? What I got to do right. now? I got to go. I got, right. No, 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 Why? Because we understand no. what the word says about it. Right. And that's the conclusion of it. Folk came to Jesus and said, and said, the, the man whom you love is dead. Tell him I'll be there in three days. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Lazarus is dead? Oh, guys, what, what are we going to do? Lazarus is dead. Okay, Tell him I'll be there in three days. Because it be your facial expression. Maybe Jesus' face didn't oh, look like that. Yeah, yeah, that's how he looked. That's how Jesus looked. That's how Jesus looked. Tell him I'll be there in three days, man. What were you talking about? What were you talking about, brother? What were you talking about? That's how our Lord acted. Man, don't give me that. But that's how, that's how we, we got the same spirit. We got the same word. Jesus, it's a storm going on. Go to Jesus. Wake up, wake up. Why are you coming to me? Wait, wait, wake up. Wake up. Man, I'm asleep, man. Peace be still. Going on back to sleep. He wasn't panicking. But, but we got to see that. I mean, we got that capability. No, that don't mean stress and anxiety won't try to come on me. I'm not trying to disregard that at all. I know it. I've been living. You got to deal with it. But we got to learn how to deal with it. But see, that also sounds like what I hear is an identity crisis, though, because Jesus knew who he was, so he knew the power, the authority that he go. had. But if other go. people don't right know the authority and power that they have, you then yeah, you you're going to... That's usually what the problem is. It's Babes identity. react that way. Yeah. Babes in Christ will react with and allow anxiety to consume them. And listen, we're not, we're not belittling or saying anything about those who, who struggle with right. it. We're here, I'm here to help you. The solution is salvation. See, it's as you just said. Identity crisis. The root of anxiety is fear. The root of anxiety. Anxiety is just a branch. It's not the root. The root of anxiety is fear. Fear, the word fear in, in the scripture is the word, it means to terrorize. And that's what anxiety comes to do. It's to terrorize you. It's to mentally attack you with all the negative things that could possibly happen to you in your life. And because of that, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? How am I going to do this? Anxiety rises up, right? And, and if you don't know how to deal with it, if you, don't, if you don't know how to put the scripture on it, you don't know how to put the word on it, you don't know how to declare this to it and speak it out of your life, then it's going to consume you. Well, let me, let, let me say this, Papa D. So right now, my therapist is having me on a journey where every day during my morning work, 
routine, she wants me to look up something about fear because she feels as if fear is the reason why I'm not, you know, pursuing certain things. So as I am getting to the root of why there is this fear in my life, I think I feel that it's because of a lack of trust in God, though. Okay. Because I feel like if there is a hole in in if there is a hole in soil and if it's not filled with something, then the enemy can come and fill it with whatever it is that he wants to put in there. So I think right now, uh, my 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 hole, which should have been filled with trust, is not. Right. Okay. You say trust. What's what's the other word you should be saying though? Yes, I got. What's this? This the other word. You know what it is. It's the other word. It's it's the word. It comes down to one word. What love? Love. It comes down to love. Okay. It comes down to love. Remember, there's degrees of it. There's degrees. Everything has a degree to it. Love has three degrees to it, right? Good, acceptable, perfect. First John tells us, perfect love casteth out all fear. We talked about this earlier. That word perfect, it means the perfected love. Perfected love causes, casts out all fear. In other words, I can say, I love God. But if that love for God isn't going through a per perfection process or completion process, and I'm exchanging and I'm experiencing that love on a daily basis, Jesus can say he loved me all he wants. I can read Jesus loved me all I want in the scripture. But if I'm not experiencing that love, I'm not touching that love then I'm not going to have what that love is supposed to produce in my life, which is a fearlessness, a strength to fight off worry and anxiety. Perfect love, which is the root of anxiety and worry, cast it out. I mean, that word cast means to take and to hurl as far as you can possibly throw it till it's no longer, out of, it's no longer part of your life. It's completely out of sight. It's to take it in and, and hurl it into the sea of, sea of forgetfulness. Well, that's the power of love. If, if I know, if I know, who I am in Christ Jesus and how much God loves me. If I know that, if I trust that, right? Part of, part of, part of loving is trusting. It's a, it's a component of it, it's a branch of it, right? And, and we, and as, as you saying to you, that hole has to be filled. It has to be filled with the experiencing of how much God loves you, the experiencing of that and, and how much God will keep you and protect you. So the way love operates is it, it wants to bring you to a state of perfection to where you're able to believe, you're able to trust, you're able to speak, you're able to go to war about, about things that attack your life so that you won't have to experience the, the perils of, of poverty and, and death as, as, as the world experiences it. So um, that's what has to happen. There has to be a maturity in your love affair. Like, my God, I mean, anxiety, worry, stress, all of those things are built into the chaos of the world system right now. It's built into it. But we got the weaponry to fight it off. What happens is if we don't know how to fight it off, then as the young lady expressed in her, in her, in her writing, in her post, you know, it's going it's to have it, you doing everything from having sleepless nights to, you know, fear what people think about you. But we have the solution in this 1 John 4.18 that, now read it. He says, hearing is our love made perfect. That we may be, that we may have boldness in the day of, in the day of judgment, because he, as he is, so are we in this world. There's no, there's no fear in love. So when you're in love, guess what can't cut, can't come nigh you? Fear. When you're in love, fear, fear, fear won't have an effect on you. But perfected love casteth out fear. 
Why? Because fear comes with torment. And he that feareth is not made perfect or is not perfected in love. See, the growth that has to take place, love comes in seed form. The growth that has to take place within our hearts with love, that's why we pray. Paul told us to pray, make my love to increase and abound. Love has to grow. It's a seed. And until we grow and mature in love and we recognize and we know how much God loves us, then we're going to always struggle with stress, worry, fear, anxiety. Do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. So, okay. So here's my other thought. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes the fears that we have come from experiences that we have. Mm -hmm. And experiences can leave scars. Mm -hmm. So what do you do first when you're trying to when you're trying to overcome fear? Do you do you deal with do you deal with the, the scars that you still see on you and try to try to figure out a way to overcome, okay, this this won't happen again even though it happened, or do you start with God's love and let that come in first? Well, the love of God, the first thing the first thing happens is the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So so whenever there's there's scars, whenever there's things that happen in people's heart and people's life that produce the worry and the fear and anxiety, there, there's a healing process that has to take place. Ultimately, the healing process begins with knowing that God loves you. What some of the issues are and some what some of the challenges is in your case, in your case, or, or I shouldn't say your case, but in the cases that's similar to yours. I've, I've experienced people and talked to people, coached, counseled people who blame God for the thing that happened in their life. That's where they get off in the first place. That's where they get off. In most cases, I'm, I'm, that they, they miss it in blaming God um, because, because they're taught that God is in control of everything. Right? right? They taught God's in control. So, so um, you know, somebody get into a car accident. Why would God want me to get into a car accident? God didn't want you to get in no car accident. Right? Yeah. Somebody, walk up, somebody walk up to you and, and do this to you and kick you in the shin. Well, why would God allow them to kick me in my shin? God didn't allow them to kick you in the shin. You allowed them to kick you in your shin. I mean, we blame God for everything. No, that's it. That's it. God gets blamed because they, they're taught God is in control of everything. So, well, somebody get their heart broken. Well, why did God want my heart to get broken like that? God didn't want your heart to get broken. He decided to break your heart or she decided to break your heart. That's where they get off at. So the first thing we got to do, we got to go back and get them on the right course. Once they get on the right track and they're not blaming God, but they're blaming sin and they're blaming, they're blaming the individual. Now we, can, now we can say, okay, God loves you. God is for you. God is not trying to do this to you. God, you know, and now the love can begin to heal because it's not a matter of God doing this to me or God, you know, um, making this happen or letting this happen is more of a matter of God didn't want this to happen in my life. This wasn't, I mean, people make decisions outside of the, of the, of the, uh, of the, uh, of the will of God. This is kind of off topic. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you a good example. This, this just came to me. So I was listening to somebody talk about uh, Luke 16. And it's, the, it's, the, it's the, uh, the parable of the unjust steward. When the unjust steward, uh, when, his, when his Lord came to him and said, give an account for your stewardship, I heard you've been messing up my money. He went, and he, he went to one guy. He says, how much do you owe the Lord? He said, I owe, him, I owe X amount. He says, write this out. He went to another, I owe the Lord X amount. He said, write this out, right? And so then, then the Lord commended him. He said, he said, he said um, thou hast done wisely in Luke 16, right? So I was listening to the preacher go through this particular uh, aspect. And then he got to the bottom where he started talking about um, you can't serve God and mammon. You know, 
he that is faithful in he that is he that is faithful in little uh, he that is faithful in little shall be faithful in much or he that is unjust in little will be unjust in much and then he starts talking about the tithe and then he starts talking about giving people giving right and he says if you're if you're not if you're not faithful in the tithe and giving a little the, uh, he starts talking about if you know if you only make hundred dollars a week. If you're not faithful in giving ten dollars, you won't be faithful in giving a thousand dollars. And if you're not faithful in a little, how do you expect God to give you more? Did y'all catch that? Hmm. How do you expect God to bring more to you? Well, wait a minute. He's already given. God ain't bringing that to me. See, see that that subtlety in teaching will have people to think that if I bring my tithe, God is going to see to it that I have whatever. When that's not how it works. That's not how it works. He's not Santa Claus. No. <laughs> it's a law. See, see, what that parable is bringing out is the law of the stewardship or the law of the steward. If I'm faithful over the little, if, I, if I'm faithful in multiplying, if I'm faithful in managing and multiplying $100, my faithfulness in managing and multiplying a hundred will bring me a hundred thousand. That's math. Outside of God. Right. God ain't got nothing to do with it. He math. gave me the law to operate in. I got to operate it. See, that's what we, 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 we've taught a generation, two generations of, of, of believers wrong. God ain't bringing you, bring If you listen to most people preaching, they done took Jesus off the throne. What the Bible says he's doing right now? He's at rest. His work is finished. The idea we have of rest is the beginning. After God put everything in motion, he said, now he rested. Same rest, same identical type of rest Jesus is in. He's put everything in motion. The law of increase. He don't have to come down off the throne and bring a million dollars to Aramis's life. That's not how he operates. He put the law in place. He put the blessing on you. He put the anointing on you. He give you the gifting. Now you got to possess. All the children of Israel had to do was possess the land. In the land, the land was designed to produce abundance. But if they didn't, if they didn't sow the seed, till the ground, turn it over, clean the dirt, it wasn't bringing forth. They can't sit back and say, well, God didn't bless me. No, you didn't work the land. But the subtlety in that, it makes the difference. I don't even know why I made that point. I don't forget why I brought that up. I mean, are, are you saying it too <laughs> to the point that, that God isn't in control of No, things? he's okay. not in control like people make him to be in control. Yeah. So this this sovereignty of God doctrine is, is straight from the pit of hell. Okay. So are you, are you, are you kind of parallel, parallel in that with the hurt that people experience that they're blaming God for. Right, they're blaming God. There you go. You tied it together, but that's what we get on this thing. There we go. They're blaming God for pain and suffering that they that God never intended for them to, to experience. Mm -hmm. Now we we now 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 I've actually gone all the way back to certain circumstances and circumstances where people, when they got into this relationship, it wasn't the will of God in the first place. Or when they when they wanted when they went to take this job, it wasn't the will of God in the first place. But God in his mercy has kept you in it and will bless you as best he can. But that's just, that's just how God operates. He'll bless you as best he can. His love won't allow him to do nothing else. The point is, we blame God for a lot of things that God never did. 
And because of that, we the whole offenses toward God, or we we go through the process of how, like, like the notion of have to forgive God. Like, mm. I've heard people say that. But I had to forgive. If I forgive you, God. You forgive God for what? What did God do? Like this, I don't know where to get this stuff from. I don't know where to get this people stuff from. People actually, people actually took me through that. I don't I mean, know where to get it. Forgive God for what? what? What did God do to you? <laughs> but love you, like I don't know. I don't know. I, I just don't see that in the word. I just don't see it. I just, <laughs> and I, I just, I don't, I've been reading that thing for a long time. I just don't. I, I get it. I get how people. I get. I get why you have to forgive God because you of the mindset that God did something to hurt you. I understand that. But I go all the way back. I don't think God was involved in hurting you. Not, not in the type of hurt that, that you're probably dealing with, right? When you think about the hurt people go through. But yeah, so the anxiety that comes on us a lot of times stems from, as you just said, going through a process of having to, you know, forgive or not trusting God. Like, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I would say, like, because you... When, when you gave the the um, the metaphor of you know having a hole in the dirt and not having anything in there, the first thought in my mind was, well, you're not you're not 100 sure on who you are in Christ. You know what I mean? Because when when you when you know who God has made you to be, when you know what God has put in you, and when you know the direction that you're supposed to go in, you have the utmost confidence. Is this nothing? I mean, ask D. We can't tell D nothing. Man, listen. We can't listen, tell D nothing listen, about D, listen. right? D know who uh, he listen, is. Right. I mean, that's, that's what it is. So, so, yeah, and I. Now, that I don't do mean D don't struggle with. That don't mean D don't struggle with. I shouldn't say struggle. That don't mean fear don't try to come upon me. That don't right. mean anxiety don't try to fill my life. I just get up and I start praising God. Right. I start thanking God. Right. I, start, I start declaring what God has said about me. I start thinking about the things that God has spoken to me. Yep. Things aren't happening the way I want them to happen. I just, like you said, I see the end. That's yep. why God shows the end from the beginning. Yep. So when, they, when it ain't going right, don't worry about that. That's temporary. You know where you're going. I know where I'm going. This light affliction, which is but for a moment, working in me a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Man, this is just, this is, this is just, this ain't nothing. That's why it shows us the end from the beginning. And then we got to walk through it for the joy that was said before Jesus. Listen, listen, son, what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you the outcome of what you're going to go through so that when you're going through it, you just walk right through it. No big deal. Yeah, I, I had got a revelation about that, too. Um, but I do. I do agree with you. And I feel as if I was in that place until until pain and disappointment and betrayal came in. Mm-hmm. And then that's that's where that whole guy dug up again. Like, oh, where I had that trust, right? We, we take See, that out. we attribute <laughs> we attribute we attribute another's um, distrust, pain, and all that stuff that they done to us. We attribute that to God. We credit that to God, and God didn't do that. Whoever that was, whatever they did, that was they, they got their own mind. Right, that was somebody's flesh. that's somebody's flesh, right? We have the we have the degree a degree of sovereignty. That God has. It's called your will. God will never supersede or override your will. Mm-hmm. It's your will. Love can't exist that way. No. You got it. He got it right, sis. Love can't exist that way. <laughs> can't exist that way. <laughs> ain't no love in that. You don't have a choice? Ain't no love in that. Ain't no love in that. Ain't no love in that. If I, if I, if I, if I take away your right to choose, ain't no love in that. 
Well, okay, so that's interesting you say that because now I can hear somebody saying, well, that's my whole reason for anxiety. It's because God is not in control and anything can happen because people have free will, so I have to worry about what people will do to me. Okay, I get that. I get that. There's, there's, there's blockers in place. Salvation, fivefold, whole, uh, um, wealth creation, health maintenance, protection, deliverance, wholeness. Read the psalm. All David talks about was his, his, his fears, but how God would deliver him. His anxiety, but how God would overcome his anxiety. Right. There's built in protect. He said to Abraham, he says, he says, I'm thy shield and thy remuneration. I'm your defense system. God has a defense system. Now, excuse me, what we have to be able to do is is stay within the confines of his defense structure. Right. Sometimes. And it's easy to get outside of the confines of this defense structure. And again, I'm not saying that things we go through, we go through. Aren't sometimes, even within the will of God, aren't going to be things that will cause us to suffer. But the suffering's different. The suffering is associated with dying to self more than it is the pain of dealing with somebody who hurt me. It's a suffering that we experience as believers, not a not a emotional hurt feelings that we attribute to being believers. No, it's the suffering deals with the dying of the flesh or the laying inside my will. But the the dealing with the hurt and, and the pain and the scars that come from relationships or disappointments or heartaches. Totally different thing. Yeah. And to go back to what, what you were saying, I had got a revelation from that um, because I was telling God going through my fear routine in, in the morning. I said, listen, I don't, I, I fear that, you know, with, with me being a smaller woman, I do fear that, like you actually said earlier <laughs> Yeah, today. you did. Nice something? and petite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I fear being a, a smaller woman that I look like an easier target. You know what I mean? Mm. So I was talking to him about that. Like, listen, it's the fact that I can go outside and someone can say, hey, she's little enough for me to snatch. Right. So let me go ahead and snatch her. And God said, and and so God was like, well, hey, you you, you do understand that when it came to Jesus, nothing happened to him as long as he was doing what I told him to do. Right. I told him where to go, and he never went anywhere without me saying it. Right. He said, and then on top of that, what did happen to him at the end, he knew that was his destiny. Right. He knew that. Right. He said, but other than that, every place that he went when they wanted to harm him or whatever the case may be, if I told him to go, he knew nothing was going to happen to him. Right. So there's, a, there's, a, there's multiple scriptures, but the one, that, the one that comes to mind is Psalm 91. Right, mm, that's the, a good one. which talks about the protection of God. See, we gotta we gotta believe that. We gotta say that. We gotta confess that. Right. We gotta we gotta declare that. And we gotta decree those things. Part of the faith life that that is so it's it's simple, but it, it's 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 not easy, in a sense. Is is living it like living it like like it it got it's got to go beyond the theory of what we read, and it has to become experiential. And and you got you got to say it like part of your part of your um, thing that you your routine you go through in the morning, you know, has to include the word of God and what the word of God says about you and what he says, how he'll keep you, how he'll protect you, how he'll watch over you. 
The Lord is my defense. He's going to defend me. He's going to fight my battles for me. He gonna, he, uh, Psalm 82, he's going to defend my cause. Like he's zealously in love with me. He ain't going to allow, allow nothing, nothing, no one to do. He, he won't allow it. And, but, but part of him not allowing it is me being in tune, me being in step. You know, so it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a faith life, something that's designed to be lived. Unfortunately, if we don't have a clear understanding and a, and a, and a clarity on, on this life, then we're going to deal with a lot of things that we shouldn't deal with. And that's, that's what's happening in the life of a lot of believers. You know, I, I, I never forget um, when, I, when, I, when I got cut one time um, after I got saved and I felt, I felt so much shame when I got cut because I was really confident in making a team. And I was bold about it. I was declaring it. And as I was walking back home, as I was walking, I didn't think I was driving home, this scripture came to me. I said, Lord, you said they that put their trust in you shall not be put to shame. I said, why am I feeling so much shame right now? Oh, no, Lord spoke to my heart. I still, it rumbles in my belly today. I feel it rumbling in my belly today. He says, you didn't put your trust in me. I said, oh, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. I was young at the time. I didn't know better. But a lot, of, a lot of times we think we're somewhere we're really not. We think we're in possession of something we really don't possess. You didn't put your trust in me. Right? From then on, every endeavor that I took on at that time, I, was, I, was, I had a mindset to be sure. I wanted to be sure that this is the thing God would have me to do. Right? So... It comes down to you really knowing how to walk in the, under the faith and in the guidance of God and by the Spirit of God that, that, that he intends for us to have. And that'll, that'll eliminate so much of what we experience. You know, I think a lot of what believers go through a lot of times, God never intended for them to go through it. But it's because, you know, whatever, either lack of knowledge, lack of understanding, or flat-out flesh that, that you, you know, you, we experience it. Bottom line to this, we can't we can't blame God. We got to be sure we can't blame God. We can't blame God. So I got two more yeah, things. You got ahead. any questions? No. Okay. I got two more things. So the first thing is that to go off what you were saying, this pastor called Darius Daniels. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Okay. He has said that a lot of people in the kingdom are in pos are in possession of stolen property, and I I so understood that because I felt like. I was taking on other people's faith as mine. Mm. Like, okay, well, if you got faith for that, then I'll just have faith for that. Right. But it's like, but did you work out that faith for you to have that faith? Right. Or are you hanging on to somebody else's coattail right. faith and trust? Like, is, you is, really is, have to have your own. Is that what he was talking? That's what he was talking about? Yeah. The faith? Right. So, so, right. That's a great point because, because I might not be where Hermes is. Right. When it comes to believing God to heal his body. I just can't say, well, because Aramis got it, okay. No, 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 no. The same way, listen, and this, this I like to say it like this. God, God doesn't have grandchildren. He don't have grandchildren. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Probably? He don't go through somebody else <laughs> to give birth. No, he has sons and daughters. He ain't got no grand. He wants to deal with you directly. He, gonna, mm. he birthed you himself. So he wants to deal with you directly as your father. There's nobody in between is what I'm getting at. Ain't nobody. You, you can't have a go between the same way God raises me up. He raises you up. He raises you up. Ain't no, ain't no, you know, shortcuts. 
right? He doesn't have any grandchildren. He got all sons and daughters. In other words, he wants a direct relationship with you. What he gives to me, he gave to me. Right. He wants to give it to you the same way he gave it to you, right? So what happens a lot of times is y'all could hear me talking like I'm talking, right? And y'all could take what I say and try to equate that to being something that you possess. It don't work like that. Right. It don't work like that. I never forget when Brother Allen, every time he used to tell me something, I used to say, where you get that from? Where you read that at? Because I wanted to go read it for myself. Mm. I wanted to go, when we used to come together and pray, for the first month, I didn't pray anything. I just listened to him pray. Because I was wanting to learn how he prayed. I didn't say, I, just, I, just, I used to act like I was praying. But I'd be <laughs> listening to every word he's saying and how he was praying and his flow and all. Of, yeah. Because I wanted, to, I wanted it for myself. Right? That's the idea of it. The idea of, of pastoring is for you to hear what I say and be like, yo, you hear what Pastor said today? I'm going to go find that in my Bible myself. I want to go read that for myself. I want to go meditate in that myself. Paul told Timothy, he says, he says, consider what I say. And the Lord give you understanding. See, most folks don't go through the process of the Lord giving them understanding. They just take what I say at face value and be like, well, Papa D said it, so that means I can do it. No, it don't work like that. You got to consider, and then the Lord will give you understanding. That word understanding means to, to cause to flow together. Like, I may throw a lot at y'all, but if you consider it and the Lord give you understanding, he'll show you how it all arranges. He'll show you how it all flows together. If you don't get that, you ain't got it. As, as, as Brother Darius said, you got, you, you, you're, you're, possessed, you're in possession of stolen property. That ain't yours. God get that to him. God get that to her. But he'll give it to you, too. But you got to go through what she went through. Right. People want to be able to use, to use the football analogy. People want to be able to run a 4 4 40, but they don't want to get in the weight room. I don't know what that means. <laughs> people, 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 <laughs> look, look, look. people want to, you know what this means. People want to be able to wear an extra small hoodie, but they don't want to go see Kwaku four days a week. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. Now. <laughs> they don't want to go, they don't want to go get it four days go a week. They want to get that working. But they want to wear, they want to wear an extra small hoodie like you got on. But they don't want to go. They don't want to go work out for for an hour, and, and for somebody to be yelling at you and fussing at you and making you push up and telling you to get through the pain. Forget about the pain. Don't worry about that. Go eat some salad. They don't want to go through that. You gotta get it like you, it ain't no way around it. Faith is the same way. If you want to be able to walk by faith, man, you gotta read. You gotta pray. You gotta meditate. You gotta sacrifice. You gotta go through those things that the Word of God tells us to go through. Salvation is a real thing. To be experienced. Anxiety is a real thing. I know it. But salvation is the solution. It's just, it's more real. It's more real. We just got to know how to work out our salvation. That's how it operates. That's okay. how it works. So we will do this last thought. Yeah. Caitlin, I got you, boo. Don't worry about it. We're going to do this last thought. Yeah. Um, so I forgot what the percentage is because this was taken a while ago. But apparently it's like I um, almost maybe 80 to 90% of the things that we worry about never happen. Oh, wow. Yes, that's right. You're right on. That's right on. Uh, uh, somebody had an acronym for fear, false evidence of being real. Right? This stuff, that 90% of that stuff don't happen in your life anyway. Right. Ninety percent of when I used to when I was playing football, when I was playing football, I used to I used to I, used to, I, I never forget. Um, uh, what's his name? Chris Carter. When I first got saved, Chris Carter's playing for the Minnesota Vikings. He's on TV now. And, you know, Chris was very vocal about his faith. And we was out on the field warming up one time. We was, we was in Minnesota 
and I and I and I walked up and I said I said I said brother how how do you do it you know again I I I wouldn't say six months I said how how do you and he literally said he literally said I, I said how you play so fearless because Chris was he was he just played so fearless he said bro when I'm out there lining up I'm quoting the scripture I'm quoting the scripture I said praise God <laughs> he quoted so when he lining up the Lord is my shepherd I shall not fear I shall not want you know or whatever scripture he quoted. He quoted scripture. He had to listen. He said, I, "I'm quoting the scripture, right?" And that dealt with the fear, because listen, you go across that middle, you you know, you read, you yeah, read, you read, you read zone, and they playing. You read man, they playing zone. You get taken You out. get your head knocked off. Yep. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the point is, we have to be able to. You have to always got to be able to put a word, put scripture on those thoughts of fear when they come up. The Bible says, the Bible says, uh, casting down imagination, every high thing to try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity, you got to capture those things, right? But the thought of fear of failure come in. You got to capture that thing. You got to capture. You got to take hold of them and say, nope, 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 nope. The Lord who always caused me to be triumphant. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The Lord will cause me to overcome. You got to capture it. You got to imprison it. That word capture means to imprison. You got to surround it with word. And then cast it into prison. Casting out imagination. Every high thing to try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience you didn't have to see in your mind, you executing what it is God has called you to execute, right? I got a good friend of mine. Um, he went in the day and golf, uh, one of the world's best golfers, right? Um, I talked to him about his routine before, he, before every swing. Before every swing, they imagine the perfect shot. If they get up there, if they get up there and they, and they over the ball and they get ready to hit the ball, and they have a, a wayward thought, they'll back up off the ball. They won't hit the ball, they'll back up. And they'll start their routine all over again. They never swing the club until they have the until the last thought in their mind is the perfect swing and the perfect shot. But if they get up there, they can be over the ball. He can be set over the ball, and he can, and he can have a thought of shanking it. He'll back up. He'll back up off it, and then he'll read. He'll read. He go through his routine. If you ever see golfers get over the ball and get ready to hit it, but then back off, they had a bad thought. They they they're not comfortable with that thought that they had. They back off and they rethink it. They go through it all over again, right? They're, they're practicing the word of God, <laughs> right? That he, says, he says, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth that you might observe to see yourself doing all that, this word, all that I've called you to do. See, they're practicing the word. They're seeing. They're using their, their mental capacity and their faculties to see themselves executing the perfect shot. You got to see yourself. When you bring the thoughts into obedience, thoughts of, obedience, thoughts of disobedience, into thoughts of obedience, you're seeing yourself obey and do what the word of God would say you would do. And you're casting aside those other thoughts. So if you see yourself, um, if you, 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 the example you use, you feel yourself as, uh, you know, because of your stature, you feel like you might be an easy target, right? Well, you know what? Instead of, before, if that thought come in your mind, no, 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 the Lord is my protection. I'm surrounded by thousands of angels to keep me. Whatever God has to do to protect me, he's going to protect me from anybody who, who thinks they can come and take, snatch me up. That's how you got to, you don't live from your fears. You got to live from our faith. People who deal with anxiety live from their fears. But we get the word of God that enables us to live from our faith. That's how we overcome anxiety. Salvation is the solution. We just got to know how to work it. The problem is we're not being taught how to work it. We're being taught how to, you know, run around the church and scream and holler about, you know, a theoretical promise without being taught how to sit down and break down how to live this thing, how God intended for me to live it. See, you guys can blame me for going over That's time, not a problem. I just have one question. We, so, got, so. we, can, we can edit That's it. That's your boo. We can edit it. <laughs> so w would you say that practically speaking, 
on a day-to-day basis, our thoughts of fear start with a lack of preparation. No doubt about it. Oh, you can say that perfectly. Your lack of preparation. Because when, when I thought about, like, as an, as an artist, right, we, we... Wait, not to cut you off. Why was Jesus able to sleep on the boat during the storm? He was prepared. Yeah. He was prepared. This don't, why was he able to tell the folks, listen, I'll be there in three days? Because he was prepared. Right? He when you don't prepare, right, when you don't prepare, you, you, you leave room for, listen, you know you get an exam on Monday. Today, Friday. You don't study all week. You don't study all weekend. You're going to be scared. When you you, you, you going to skip class. You, you like to skip class. <laughs> yeah. And fake sick. Because I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Yeah. Because you didn't prepare. Yeah. But go ahead, I'm That's sorry. It. No, I, I mean, I, I was just going to, you know, use an example to point that out, but I mean, you're absolutely right. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. I mean, I, as an as an artist, as a musician, you know, we we first of all, the giftings. Are, I'm are, sorry. Why didn't Jesus fear the cross? These things that's coming to me. I can't hold it. They come. Why I'm didn't good. Jesus? I'm why good. didn't Jesus fear going through the cross? Bro, why I did? Will, you? I will make him. I will well, listen. I'm because it's not me going over time now. That's, that's no, pop. No, no, no. Listen, listen. listen you ain't get your thought out yet. I'm not gonna do it. Why I'm didn't good. Jesus? He started it. I'm good. Why didn't Jesus fear going to the cross? Because he passed the test in the garden. The garden prepared him. He was prepared for it. Oh, he said, "Sleep on now. Let's go. Let's over." He told Peter, "Boy, sleep." And he said, "Sleep on. You're good. I'm ready for this thing now. I'm ready. I'm dead already. Mm. I'm ready for this thing. I'm dead already." Mm. Whatever they do to me don't matter. I'm dead already. I done accepted the will of God. This is how it's got to be. Let's do it. But on top of that, he knew the end, right? Well, he knew the joy. He knew the joy. See, right. what, what prepared him, what enabled him to go through it was, the, was God showing him you and me. He showed him us. Well, I'm being, I'm being a little um, facetious here, but he showed, he showed him us sitting here talking about him going over the cross. I mean, I don't know if he showed him that specifically, but I'm just yeah. saying. He showed him the end result that there's going to be. He was he was only, he wasn't going to be the only begotten son anymore. There's going to be a, he was going to be, he's the first one among many of people just like will have the same potential you have, son. You're going to give birth to our family again. You're going to loose man from the pains of death again, right? You're going to set man free from the from the see see. And here we go now. Y'all ain't got me going. The spirit of sonship. Why is that? Because the spirit of sonship is what liberates you from the spirit of bondage over in Romans eight chapter that we've been a part of all of our life. Right? The spirit of sonship looses you from the spirit of bondage. The Bible says uh, in, in Romans, the eighth chapter, I believe it is, Romans verse 17, um, is, is we've, been, we've been held captive by the spirit of fear, but the spirit of bondage. But the spirit of sonship come in and set us free from that. Right? So it's all about sonship. But Jesus wasn't afraid of the cross because he, he, he was pre- the garden prepared him. So when you prepare... You be confident. I'm sorry. You go ahead. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. But but no, that's that's what it's about. Let's, let's not even have a repeat. I, I, couldn't, no. I couldn't get it out. I could, I could not get it out. I'm sorry. As soon as I start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Happy twice yeah. already. So it's 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 third time. Romans. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's anxiety right there because I'm nervous you're going to do it again. <laughs> the anxiety being cut off. <laughs> Well, no, that's that's uh, that's just how I go. I, when this stuff be coming up, it start it start flowing. I just want to get it out. That's all. No doubt. But yeah. praise God. Where we at? Okay, end it. Or yes, do you want to end good. it with uh, your book? Um. Well, yeah, we 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 can talk about that. We definitely want to mention the book. Um, Reparations now. And why uh, we don't have a copy up here, but uh, we're, we're we're about to put on the um, the full court blitz. It's it's, it's some in the office back there. Um, we're about to put on the um, 
the full court press from a marketing standpoint. Uh, we've, we've given them out. We've got our list of um, what we call our influencers that we want to give to in our, for our, in our, promotional, in our promotional stages. And um, we, uh, we also have our things. We also have our, um, oh, that's pretty, ain't it? Nice and glossy. It is like glossy. That. That's nice, yeah. Yeah, that's that's nice right there. <laughs> um, but we have our we have we have our, our list out. We're about to start marketing marketing them um, in a in a mass way. Uh, we put our order in for a whole lot of books, and we're just ready. We're just ready to launch it. So reparations now and why uh, is 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 God's heart, is God's plan, is God's perspective on what has happened to Black America for the last four four hundred years. The injustice, the um, inequality, the economic oppression is coming to an end, and God is declaring it. We go through the timetables and the markers uh, of how God has dealt with oppression historically, how God has dealt with injustice historically, specifically those who've gone through something similar uh, as black America has gone through here in America. And, you know, American, the government and uh, society is going to have to make a change, and, and God's going to see to it. Um, still, still not definite on 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 how. Um, there's two ways we talked about, and we talk about that, and I'm I'm sure God will reveal that uh, as in in the coming coming times. But yeah, um, it's on Amazon now. Actually, uh, it's on. We got another um, outlet called Get My Get My Book dot com that you can go and you can get it. But we'll be making it known uh, more more uh, in the coming shows, and and we got some other promotional things that we're doing. So, yep, uh, that's great. Salvation is the solution of everything. It is the solution to the inequality and the social injustice that black America has experienced. It's all built into God's salvation. So, so I'm done. Awesome. So until next time, make sure you like, share, comment. If there's something you're going through, um, put that in the chat so that we can, you know, dissect that, go mm -hmm. through it, see how salvation is, is, the, is the solution to what you are going through. Until next time, continue to be safe and God bless.